good afternoon. Hey, John, how are you? How you doing, Representative Jones? I'm doing well. Sorry about that. Don't worry. All right, this, the, the beauty of our podcast is that you write into the podcast. So it, all this is recording. Okay. Um, and um, we just wanted to thank you for making some time to talk about politics in South Florida, talking about you. Uh, I know that we have something in common, which is NLC. Maybe you want to talk about that. But, you know, this podcast is broadcast not just here in Florida, but also in New York. Okay. So uh, for the people who don't know you, uh, we usually do a, a little bit of a game with uh, people that are, you know, in politics and, and people who is famous in different areas of the country. But in other areas, some people may don't know who is Representative Jones. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And then, and then you answer. Okay, cool. It's like a, it's, it's like on the spot questions. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go with the, with the first one. Red, blue, or green? Blue. And that has any attachment to something? No, I just my favorite color. I just like. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Trump, <laughs> Trump or Rick Scott? Say, say it one more time. Donald Trump or Rick, Rick Scott? Neither. Neither. I love it. Good, good choice. Um, we, we learned that you like to jog, that you read a lot, yep. that you like mm -hmm. to, uh, travel. So, yes. uh, how many miles do you do a week? Uh, um, about 10 miles a week. Wow. Okay. What would be the book that you recommend to the new generations to read? Mm, let's see. I would recommend... Well, I'm a so I'm a it, so I'm a nerd of uh, higher education. Okay. So so the book the one book that I that I'm reading and I really enjoy is called um, Being Black, Being Male on Campus uh, by Derek Grooms. That's a good book. So can you repeat that because you you were broken up? Uh, it's as the book that I enjoy reading is called Being Being Male on Campus. Okay. And um, we know that you like to travel. So what has been the, the best place you travel in the last two years? Napa. What was that? Napa Valley. Representative, I think that we, we, have, uh, we have some bad signal on your end. Hold on one second. Let sure. Me see. Just want to make sure um, this is this is the beauty of having a live podcast. So people is used to this when we do this. Um, <laughs> so don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, just let <laughs> us know when you're in a good place. Uh, so we make sure that um, that we, we could keep going with the podcast. But um, so people do, who don't know uh, Representative Jones, uh, he is a, of course, a representative here in Florida for District 101. He's a Democrat. Yes. He is currently serving in different committees. Uh, but for my personal, um, my personal gain, he is part of the educational, the education committee. He's the Democratic mm -hmm. ranking member of that. He also serves in the Health Quality Subcommittee, the Appropriations mm -hmm. Committee, the Healthcare Appropriations mm -hmm. Subcommittee, the Pre-K mm -hmm. to 12 Quality Subcommittee. Do I'm missing anything? No, you did all of it. Can you hear me better? Yeah, that's much better. Um, and okay, perfect. Representative Jones, and you know, we were looking at your at your 
your resume, right? Or your your highlights that are on the Florida House of Representatives website. Uh-huh. And you are 34. I'm 34. And I turned 35 in a few weeks. October 12th. Yeah. So uh, people remember that. So you could tweet, tweet hey. him for his birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you have accomplished a lot of stuff. So now really getting into, you know, uh, what it's your 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 message, your what you want to bring to the politics here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Just tell us why you ended going into public service, what is your passion, uh, and why it's your legacy, what you want to leave after the many years that you hopefully serve in the, in the Florida state legislature? Um, so I, I got into politics because I was uh, and my dad raised my brothers and I to, to be proactive in the things that, we, that we, we believe in. And so when I got into the legislature, um, I wanted to be uh, I, I, I joined on a saying that's popular that if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu. <laughs> so I wanted to have a seat at the table to help my people. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw enough bad politics to where I said to myself that I wanted to be what I wanted to, I wanted to show people that all politicians are not the same. I wanted to represent people how I wanted to be represented. I wanted to be present to be accessible. I wanted to be, keep people informed. And, and, I, and I maintain, I've maintained that uh, throughout my six years in the legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, Representative Jones, uh, we, we just went through a primaries here in Florida. And I want to hear from you as a African-American leader who is young, who is a millennial. We made that cut, right? Yes. I'm, I'm 35. <laughs> my, my birthday was August 3rd. Okay, we made we did. We, we made did. the cut on we the millennials. Did. We did. Um, but you know what? What do you think this this election that is coming in November means for the new generation of leaders of color, not just African Americans, but Latinos and and other you know other ethnicities that have not been represented seriously in Tallahassee? What do you think is the message after Andrew Gillum winning the nomination yesterday? Uh, this. What this election show has shown us that we're no longer where the establishment think we are. Millennials are rebelling against the establishment because we don't want to be there. We don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to follow what the establishment has told us what to do. And we're not waiting for permission anymore. I love that. And, um, and you know, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you is uh, recently, and, and not to, to, I think it was two or three weeks ago, you came out as, as gay. Last um, week. Mm-hmm. Last week. Uh, okay, well, I thought it was like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you came out, and, and just, you know, I have my, one of my closest friends, it's part of the LGBT community. Uh, okay. We had a catastrophic thing happening here in Florida not too long ago uh, in Orlando. Uh, why deciding to do it now and not doing it before? Um, I never wanted to, honestly, I never wanted to bring a distraction to my dad's church. Mm-hmm. My dad is a pastor of a large congregation and I respect my parents a lot. So um, there was no need. I didn't feel that there was a need for me to have to 
come out publicly like that. Um, I was living my life uh, in a, um, not hiding it from anyone because my partner and I are always out and our closest friends know who we are. Um, and so I just felt, I didn't feel the need to, that it was necessary for me to do it. I felt that I can still fight for the LGBTQ, my community, uh, the black and the LGBTQ community, um, and w- without having to be public. It, uh, because uh, heterosexual couples are not walking around holding a sign saying that uh, I'm straight. So, you know, why did I, why was it necessary for me to do it? Uh, but then I, after, after thinking about it, I realized that, you know what, um, this can help somebody. This, you might have a young black, uh, young black, young Hispanic, young white boy, uh, what <laughs> have you, who might say, listen, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to tell the world who I am also, but having one you know, who who exposed themselves, no one has shared their full story. No one has shared that they've been molested before or that they, mm-hmm. they, they've been raised up in a conservative Christian household. So I figured that, you know, the best thing I can do is share my story with someone. You share your story, you can free other people while you're freeing yourself. I completely agree with that. Um, and Representative, uh, one of the things that, you know, that we, and that's how we met in Twitter, even though I met you many years ago when I did my NLC class and you came to front of all of us. Um, and I was really inspired, to be completely honest. I think that you are a true, genuine leader um, that wants to genuinely support and help the community in Florida and specifically your district. Uh, but, you know, we, we've been, I don't want to say uh, debating or having an argument on Twitter, uh, but I, you know, I, I worked for the superintendent uh, for, for six months and, and I left the, the superintendent's office um, and I learned a lot of, of how education is run in Broward. Uh-huh. But I wanted to hear your perspective on, on why you think that uh, the, Broward, uh, the Broward is it's having this, I would say, this division now with what happened in Parkland. But before that, there was this discontent from one part of the aisle and then a, a, a positive vibe on the other side of the aisle. Uh, there, there was a, a lot of tension within the board members at a certain point. Uh, of course, I'm not doubting the amazing leadership of our superintendent. Uh, but what do you think is the, the, what will be a key moment or what we have to do in the Broward County public education system to see a more equitable or more level playing field for all our kids to have access to services and that the budgets get, you know, get things done and the, the money for the bond actually shows into quality of classrooms. Uh, so just to, to give you, you know, uh, I want to hear your overall and then we go into details, but I personally think there's a lot of things to get done, but I, I think that the superintendent has done an amazing job, but it's still that hear this content, maybe it's not that big, but I still hear a couple of people or not there are discontent with what's happening. I think that we have to hear everyone, right? So I want to hear your thoughts about the Broward educational system. Well, one, uh, I commend the superintendent. I think the mm-hmm. superintendent recognizes the that were made and I think he, he has moved and is moving quickly to uh, rectify those, um, those issues. I also can't take the fact that uh, those families lost their children. They lost their loved ones on February 14th. 
Um, and we can't take that away from anyone. Um, I know how to lose someone suddenly. It's it's not it's, it's not it's something that you would you would wish on anyone. Um, and so I feel those parents and how they feel about losing someone suddenly. But at the same time, we all have to be careful of how we point the finger of things and who and what went wrong. Um, because, you know, it gets us nowhere in doing that. Um, the best way for us to figure out how to fix anything is for us to, one, um, assess what went wrong, two, look at how we can do it better, and three, evaluate how that thing worked, how, evaluate how that thing worked work once we've implemented what changes need to be made. Um, and I think the superintendent uh, has done that. Um, could we sit around all day, John, and point and see that this went wrong and that went wrong? Yeah, we could. Mm-hmm. We could do that. Um, and, and and but it gets us nowhere. The scary part is that a lot of a lot of people have taken this to a totally different level. When they start, they have started doing personal attacks towards one another. They have started started saying nasty and ugly things to one another. And this is just not where we should be moving as a country, as a community, because it gets us nowhere. If we're really trying to solve anything. The, mo- the, the one thing that we must be doing on a daily basis is figuring out what can we really do to ensure that this doesn't happen. And, and if, we're, if that's not our main goal, then what is your motive? Because your motive is not children. You're not fixing the issue. Your motive is you trying to uh, create your own agenda um, and try to create a name for yourself on the backs of uh, being vindictive to people. And that's not how you fix anything. All you're going to do is create a large issue, a larger problem, and a larger division within our within our community, in, in which we don't need right now. Uh, I believe the broadcast school system is working diligently to fix the issue. I think the school uh, we just had an election, so and so therefore they will get back to work and making this uh, happen. And I believe as the time as time move on. We will continue to see changes that um, that will be made, and I think we have to trust in the leadership who's there to make it, to make it happen. Uh, and going on that thought, um, what are your if you will have to point more than? And I completely agree. By the way, I think that collaboration it's important, and putting things aside of how you feel or 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 if you feel strong about some positions of the district that we all hear uh, who are involved in education, we're here for the kids and for the families and the communities. Um, but going into more detail, what do you think that the Florida legislature is missing besides, I guess, the budget? <laughs> but yeah. what is, what is the, the, the Florida educational system missing to, to really give uh, quality education without struggling with budgets? And you think that it's a political will or you think that it's just lack of leadership um, in Tallahassee. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's politics, right? Um, it's politics, and there there are some things that it's unfortunately that my colleagues have failed to do. So it's a leadership issue because it all flows from the head. So if the leadership doesn't see these things as a priority, it's seen on the ground, and that's what we're seeing right now. We don't start seeing our school security teachers and resources for our students as a priority. Um, we're going to see this continued trickle down effect of what we're producing out of our schools. Um, and 
it, the blood would be on the state of Florida's hands. Education is the most important thing to ensure that a child and children and families get out of a system of generational poverty. It's proven and been shown. Uh, and everyone has to get on board and taking politics out of education. And that either comes when it comes to school safety. So it's an issue. Right. So it's definitely a leadership issue. And with that, I want to, I want to kind of start closing our interview for the podcast. Cause I know you're a busy person and you have to go to more meetings and we yes. appreciate your time today, but, um, wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think about two things really quick? One is the current state of politics with our president what it's your big you know macro level view and then the second one which is more about local politics is uh do you think that that andrew um will uh will be able to um to take um the the governor the governor's seat uh, after november what makes you think that he will win and what is your invitation for young voters especially Uh, in this election season. So let's start with uh, with the Trump, maybe like a minute, really over overall uh, view of how you see this these last two years of the president um, and, and how you see the country moving forward. Uh, let me, uh, from, the, from the president of the United States uh, uh, standpoint, uh, I, I don't acknowledge how the president is Uh, moving this country, um, not one bit. Uh, I think he has, he is, not has, he is taking us um, in a place in our current democracy that is testing us at our core of where we stand with each other as human beings and where we stand as a country. He's testing us at our core, which is dangerous because the president doesn't seem to get it that this is not the United States of Trump. This is the United States mm -hmm. of America. And he has made this all about him and it's not about him. Um, uh, he acknowledges nothing. He disrespects, he, he, he disrespects uh, um, uh, prominent leaders. He has no respect for women. He has no respect for, uh, for uh, minorities. And this is something that this is a person who we call the president of the United States that again, that we have to reject every, every point of his being and what he's trying to do to this country. We must reject it. And it's electing people like Andrew Gillum that's going to help push back on these policies that are coming out of DC. And it's a movement that's being created already with millennials that is making it very clear that president that to president number 45, he has no power. He, the only power that he, the only power that stands is having, being in the White House, but the people ultimately have the power. And the people, the, the individuals who elected him have, uh, they too have created and are creating a ruckus within our, within our country. And they're, they think that they're dividing us But I'm so happy that when you look at history, history always seems to repeat itself. The one thing that we do unite, and when we come back, we come back much stronger. Because of all the things I know for a fact, love trumps hate and will trump Trump. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, Representative Jones, thank you so much for your time. 
Thank um, you. Your your podcast uh, has been a, a, a good adding to our new uh, content on Florida politics. So we appreciate that you make the time to talk about your your life, uh, a little bit of what you uh, what you think in terms of of what you have done, but also most importantly, inviting our youths to take charge and 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 make sure that they push back into what is happening in the nation with our current president. But also really appreciate your 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 thoughts around getting together because I think that that is really important right now in what's happening, not just locally in Broward or Miami-Dade or West Palm or any other regions of Florida, but in the nation. It is important that we come together to fight against things that are culturally and ethnically and historically wrong at this point yeah. with this new president. So thank you so much, Representative. Any final words? Thank you. No, let's 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 get Andrew Gillum elected. Let's move <laughs> this country forward. Awesome. Thank you. Have a wonderful Thank day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.